0: Did you know the average number of people who apply for any given job is 118? Only 20% of those applicants get interviewed because many companies use software to screen out applicants before anyone ever sees your resume. Simply uploading your resume won't get you a job. To get you hired, you need an advocate. Express Employment Professionals is the local resource to help you land a new job. Express has more than 18,000 jobs available weekly. And when you interview at Express, we'll check out your skills and connect you with available jobs. Express has jobs in manufacturing, accounting, customer service, sales, distribution, and information technology. Tired of applying online and never hearing back? Visit your locally owned Express office today to speak with professionals connected to the available jobs in your area. Express never charges a job seeker to find employment. Visit ExpressBros.com today to find the nearest location. Apply online at ExpressBros.com or visit an office near you today. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We're going to talk about Dream ESP. Dr. Henry Reed, Ph.D., is the director of the Edgar Cayce Institute for Intuitive Studies. Now, his academic career began in 1970 as an assistant professor of psychology at Princeton University, concluded back in 2016 as emeritus professor of transpersonal psychology at Atlantic University. He has written several popular books, such as Dream Medicine, Mysteries of the Mind, Awakening Your Psychic Powers, Dream ESP for Everybody. And here is Dr. Henry Reed on Coast to Coast. Henry, what a great, varied background you have. Good to have you on the show.
1: I'm glad to be here. Really looking forward to our conversation.
0: Oh, me too. This is a fascinating subject. My aunt was into ESP and telepathy. Uh, she was a psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Shafika Corregula, who died years ago, but Uh-oh. she devoted her entire practice to this, Henry. She was so into it. It was amazing. I'd like to say that uh, genetic, I picked up something from her, but <laughs> wow, it's it's something. And uh, tell me about how you got involved with the Edgar Cayce Institute.
1: Well, it goes back to uh, when I was a graduate student, and uh, one of my... Uh, college fraternity brothers, uh, was now, uh, living quite the life there near the beach in Santa Monica, I was going (laughs) to UCLA, and, uh, he was doing some incredible things, and I asked him how he was managing to do this, and he started telling me about some dreams he had had, and how he was acting on the dreams to locate a place to do his work, and so on, and, uh... I said, well, how in the world did you ever, you know, the dream like that? Because in graduate school at that time, uh, dreams were kind of treated like a medical sample that you'd take to a doctor, you know, to see sure. what's wrong with you. Not something that you'd use in that way. And he mentioned the name Edgar Casey, And uh, he helped me get a, a dream journal started. And uh, I had, uh, it took me a while, but I had some dreams, and uh, when I graduated with my degree, I uh, started teaching there at princeton and uh, When I started lecturing, one of the students came up to me and said that uh, uh, the way I was talking this was I was giving the very first course on humanistic psychology and talking about the human potential and a different way of doing research and so on and he said, I sounded like I'd be interested in Edgar Casey." and it turned out the student was from Virginia Beach.
0: Aha, uh-huh. That's right. And
1: pointed down with his arm, it's just down the road, Highway 13. And then, uh, oh, it was about a year later, I was at the Menninger's Clinic They had a Council Grove Conference Clinic there. I remember that was the time Rolling Thunder came out for the very first time and spoke. And I was describing the trouble I was getting into at Princeton because of the research that I was doing and uh, the way that I was interacting with the students as equals when we were having dialogue and so on. And that was really the time of all the deception and whatnot that was going on in the lab studies and whatnot. And the fellow said that uh, his granddad had... uh, Always been encouraging the research, kind of like what I was talking about. And mm-hmm. I asked him Who his granddad was, and it was Edgar Casey. Oh, I was oh,
0: talking
1: to Charles Thomas Casey. That's
0: fantastic.
1: This that, was back in I don't know seventy two or boy. something like that.
0: Synergy at its best, isn't it? Right,
1: uh huh. And like, so he invited me down to Virginia Beach uh, to come and see, you know, if we could maybe get some research going. And I went down there, and the first night that I was there, so I slept at his ranch there at the beach. Sort of reminded me a little bit. I was from Southern California, and New Jersey just was not, uh, you know, something that I was felt, you know, simpatico with. And uh, and I had this incredible dream about a uh, this research dance, which has started this whole thing. It's taken me now 40 years, and I have something now I think to offer. That was implied in that dream offered to our listeners out
0: there. Dreams are powerful, as you know, Henry. I mean, they really are. Now, what do you mean by Dream ESP for everybody? Which is the name of your book?
1: Well, um, what I mean by Dream ESP, so I describe the thing what I'm offering out there is folks that, uh, is a chance to participate in Dream ESP. I want to send them the instructions. They can do their own Dream ESP experiment and uh, just let, let, I was send them this, this new book on Dream ESP. And what happens is you learn that when a group of people agree to dream for the undisclosed prob, the problem of somebody in distress, they surprise themselves that they can actually remember the dream, and the dreams together collectively bring out commonalities that point to the person's problem and things that could be done about it. And we've had, been doing this for over 40 years now, but I've got to the point now, where I used to do it face to face. The last year or so, I've been discovering that this this phenomenon can be uh, achieved online or through emails.
0: Ah, oh, that's anybody amazing.
1: Now that's capable of sending out emails. I've got all the instructions ready to send to anybody that wants them. Can successfully replicate this and have a dream ESP experience, as well as help somebody. And discover, you know, that without having to have any professionals involved, they can help one another with their dreams, which is, uh, as far as I know, unprecedented.
0: Are you a believer, I'm sure you are at this point, Henry, that in your dream state, you can do all kinds of things?
1: Well, you use the verb do. I'd say in dreams, I think you're capable of experiencing most anything.
0: Uh Aha. All right, in, in your dream state, with dream ESP, extrasensory perception, of course, uh, a lot of people, when they're not in their dream state, try to practice this. Some are successful, some are not. In your dream state, when you do it, is it different than in your waking state?
1: Well, it would seem like it from a recorded history that uh, these ex- the experiences that happen in the dream state seem to suggest that when we're asleep and in the dream state, our consciousness is much expanded. I would say that. Uh, and it seems like a lot of dream work these days is really is trying to learn how to empathize with that dreamer who in that state has uh, an incredible type of consciousness that uh, tells stories, that you remember as stories and stuff.
0: How would you use your dreams, your dream ESP? How would you use it for your, for your own life?
1: Well, the uh, that's the thing is that uh, the, uh, you get you can get together with your friends, or you heard that somebody is is in a little bit of a difficulty, and you get together and you dream for that person. How we've been doing it online, I describe it is we let it known, be known what the schedule is online. It takes about a week of, of exchanging emails, face to face. You meet and then meet another time and share the dreams. But online, what we do is we give the date. We can take maybe seven to eight dreamers. This is a, not a, a commercial operation. Mm-hmm. It's just something we're trying to perfect this this method of It's kind of a populist approach to dream work we're trying to give it away to show people here for the first time ever, here's something you don't have to know anything about dream psychology, but you can... Do something practical with dreams. You can help somebody, and you actually learn that you had skills that you weren't aware of. You know, it's kind of the role of altruism. It brings out our better nature, and we discover that, hey, I didn't know I could do that.
0: Can the one dreamer be as powerful as six people?
1: Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. In in some sense, Jessalyn, in the sense like you could go to a psychic or you could go to, you know, a wise person or a spiritual teacher, and that might be better than going to the average Joe, okay? All right. But now, if we have six dreamers, they could all be average Joes, but the power of, of, you know, imagine that... We are dreaming. A bunch of people are dreaming for you, and you haven't said what's going on. You've just only asked for help. All mm-hmm. you know is you, generally, you genuinely want help. And this is the whole thing. It's, a, it's about what makes us so powerful is I'm giving the people a good reason to dream and a good reason to demonstrate ESP, not just to pat themselves on the shoulder, see what I could do. But to make that connection and be helpful, you know, like your heart goes out to that person, you make that connection, and this dream comes about as a result.
0: But why, why so would s-
1: six people show up with these dreams, and, and none, none you know, they, none of them think that they dreamt for the person because they just seem like your dumb, you know, your normal dumb dreams. But then, as the group grows around and shares them and starts looking at the commonalities in the dreams that's when the interesting thing starts happening because they start discovering there's all sorts of threads that are out through the different dreams. It invariably happens.
0: But what if that if one just, person is so powerful in their dream state that they just outshine the other six? Is that possible?
1: Well, I, I suppose it would be, but that's not really the purpose of our getting together, not to show off or anything like <laughs> that. I can remember a time. I can remember it was years ago. And I was invited up into the Massachusetts somewhere for a big Jung Society, mm-hmm. and to demonstrate this. So I gave a little talk, and we had a group of people, you know, who wanted to try it. And one of them was the Jungian analyst. And so we had somebody. Uh, we get you've got two or three volunteers who have something pressing, something real going on in their life. Don't tell us what it is. They put their names in the hat. We pray over which problem or situation is going to bring the most light into this group, and then we draw a name out, and then we all promise the dream for that person. So we come back the next day, and we're sharing the dreams, and the union analyst has what you might call a big dream compared to our regular
0: dream. Right. You know.